you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. One thing that we're obsessed with is talent. So I think that's what we question most about, about founders, like what have they done, right? First, their, their own personal background, what have they come to the idea? We want to know why they're doing this, right? Of all the things you could be doing, why are you doing a startup? Welcome to Founders FAQ. Today, my guest is Cristobal Perdomo. Cristobal is co-founder and general partner at Jaguar Ventures, a venture capital firm based in Mexico City. Hi, Cristobal. Welcome to Founders FAQ. My first question is, how do you assess the founder skills when you first meet the founder? And that's a super question because it's something that I, that we like to, to think it's always one thing that we're obsessed with is talent. So I think that's what we question most about, about founders, like what have they done, right? First, their, their own personal background, what have they come to the idea? We want to know why they're doing this, right? Of all the things you could be doing, why are you doing a startup? The hardest, the sense of, 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 of success is so small. Also, we asked them about who do you, they, who they bring on board if they had the money. So really find, want to find out if they're either constrained in their thinking and they just think, well, I would like this person, but I cannot afford it, so I'm thinking smaller, or they're really thinking big. We also ask for proof of that, right? Like, who have you brought on your team who's really outstanding, right? We, we also try to th- see if there's any company they've identified as a source of talent for them. Like if you were to just pick one one company to bring people from, who would you pick? For us, startup investing is much more about psychology than anything to do with finance or, or, or business models, right? It's really understanding what's the motivation of founding. And how do you see the track record while investing is important for you while at the beginning? So yes and no, right? I, I think in the beginning, we were more pure based on meritocracy, right? So we looked at just founders that had great track records, whether it be academic or professional, whatever. Unfortunately, We've learned that that's not enough, right? Usually you have to go and look for that money many times from the US, many times from Europe, many times from Asia. And being a foreign investor is difficult because you cannot really assess what's the best opportunity locally. Right, the best university or the best background. So you, they rely in on more biases, right? And saying, so which school did, did you go in the U.S.? Did you work for any company in the U.S.? Did you work for any technology company that I know that's global? So unfortunately, I think you have to find someone in the team that has to check those boxes, right? Otherwise, if you don't have that, it's almost impossible to get funding from a U.S. fund. No one's going to get fired if they invested in the in the person from Cambodia that is studied at Harvard. But everyone's going to get fired if they studied the best student in Malaysia that never went to the U.S. Right? That's a problem. So while investing, your market first or your team first i'd say neither right i think i wouldn't invest in one without the other right uh, i think you need to have someone that's really special and you also need them to be in the right opportunity right because if you don't have one or two you're just not gonna get it. if you have a great founder with a bad market they're just gonna get frustrated if you had a great market with a, with a bad founder you're gonna get a bad result so i think it has to be a little bit of both but regarding track record i think we haven't seen in our in our experience that the companies that we've partnered with have done the best that you necessarily have some track record on that right it's not an absolute must but i think what we do have seen in the best entrepreneurs that have succeeded in, the, in those those companies is that they have absolutely obsessed about that sector, right? Even though they haven't done it before, they have looked at everything that has to do with that sector, every competitor, every every possible partner. And while founders are reaching out to you, do you prefer more warm intros or crystal clear emails? Just works for you. So I'd say from bad to from worst to best. So obviously the cold email is the worst of option, right? Because it has to be a very special email for someone to really get some interest, right? If we get so many emails, probably get 10, 15 a day, right? And we read them all, right? But probably in all our history, maybe we replied to five of them because you don't just don't have the time, right? And there's enough coming inbound with warm introductions that you don't need to, to reach out for those cold emails. So I'd say cold email, you can definitely try it, but be aware that the chances of success are almost zero, right? So and I think it's also part of, of getting a warm intro 
culture is also the first small hurdle you have in your founder journey, right? If you're not able to find in today's connected world some way of connecting someone, it's not the rest is going to be much, much harder. Great. And I have a question for the valuation part. Most of the founders are focusing on the valuation while closing their runs. Do you think they should focus on the valuation or rather than they're just focusing on the next two years' plans while explaining to the investors while closing the round? What should they focus on? So I think valuation is, is a very interesting topic because I think there's too much focus on it. I think valuation should have like a couple of guidelines, right? One is dilution and the other one is how much can you justify that valuation, right? So so in the first part, I think a founder should aim to never dilute themselves in, every, in any round more than 20%, right? So between 10 and 20% should be their, their aim. And regarding defending the valuation, I think you have to find some way of not overstretching your, your valuation, right? And not, not optimizing just for valuation. Regarding runway, which is the other part, right? How much to raise? I think it has to be enough. I don't know if it's, if it's a time term or what, but it has to be enough for you to justify the next round, right? So I, I try to, to, to help founders think about what milestones would you need to achieve and get the money for that, those milestones, right? Regardless if it's in six months or one year or... And what are your checklists while investing? So for us is, so we look at four things, right? That, that's the four things that are like our, our main focus. One is the market size, right? That, that's always a big learning for us. We we thought that emerging markets would might be different to the US in the sense that you wouldn't have as big successes when you hit it right, but probably going to be more medium successes and that would be enough, right? But you wouldn't be also have as many write-offs. True, this is the same thing, everything, everywhere, right? Whether it be Turkey, whether it be Denmark, whether it be London, it's going to be one or two companies in the fund that are going to pay the fund. So you need those to be massive hit. And to have massive hits, you need massive markets. So we we really spend some time in thinking that that whoever we're investing in can give us a return of 20x the investment, right? whether it be getting to a $1 million market, a $100 million market, or whatever market. So that, that's one thing. The second thing is, that, like I said, the team, right? We concentrate on really, have they been able to to bring in people as talented as they are better? And are they focused on that, right? Do they have the names of the people that if they had the money tomorrow, they would go and look for them? And have they started those conversations, right? That's also super important. The third thing would be product market fit, right? For us is, is anyone willing to pay for that, right? What have they found out in the market? Do they have any paying customers? Are they growing? Is there any churn? Is there incre- is there recurrence, recurrent uh, buying? That sort of thing. And the final thing would be uh, unit economics. We, we do not invest in companies that have negative unit economics. And while there have been successful companies in the US doing that, we think that outside the US, unfortunately, there's not enough capital to sustain those companies that are basically racing until they get bought and, and not really building a sustainable business. So that's another thing we say that way. And pivots are nature of startups. And what's the VC role while startup is getting pivot? At the board level, you're actually looking out for other stakeholders, right? So it's not just giving good advice, but it's also safeguarding the, the interests of everyone. So that, that would be a different thing. I, I think as, as, a, as a VC, where it's not your board member role, but it's just helping build the company, I think the best advice I can give anyone is you have to invest as a grandfather and not as a Apart. And the difference is when you are a parent, you make the rules, right? You, you say, go to bed at this time, eat this thing, do this thing. That's not what you do as a VC investor, right? As a VC investor, you're a grandparent, right? You you don't spend all the time with your children, with your grandchildren. You may see them every time now and then, and you can give opinions, right? But it's up to the parents to implement them. Right? They can say, no, I, I think you're crazy. I don't really want to do it. So I think that that's the same approach with the pivot, right? I think it shouldn't be up to the VC investors where a company does a pivot. I think you should trust your founder enough to do it. And, and there's been a couple of companies we invested in who wanted to pivot, and we thought it was about idea right one of them it was a bad idea in the end right but the other one thankfully they didn't listen to us right and they, they want to go ahead went ahead with the people so i think it's, it's good to get to get some feedback because being a founder you you know as well super a lonely job you have no one to, to trust because your your investors they want to hear only good 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 things your employees they don't want to get nervous because there's not enough money so you always are in a bit of a vacuum making decisions so i think in in that sense vcs should help more as a signing board than anything else and how the expansion plan of startups in latin america works 
So I think Latin America in that sense is pretty different from maybe Israel or Turkey. Right? I think Israeli companies very much built for the US market, right? Using intellectual capital from Israel and interaction cost capacity in Israel. I think same thing, for example, Turkish companies look more for Europe, right? Or, or, or they might look at the larger yeah. market. I think Latin American companies, there's very small sample size cases of companies that have built for the US, right? Or that even have gone to the US. And even those that have gone to the US usually don't do that well. So the big success in Latin America have always been local and they've expanded locally, right? So far, there hasn't been a big success that has expanded globally. So in that sense, I try to really, when they come with this sort of vision, I don't dis- I don't discourage it, but I just think, you know, are you going to be the first one? <laughs> do you think you're that lucky? <laughs> you know, I, it, it, I understand if there's no market here, right? And then maybe the only market for this is in the US or it's in Europe or in Asia or whatever. That mm-hmm. may make sense. But I think that the probability of that happening is small, right? So you rather stick with, it, with what you've seen. So what we've seen in Latin America, you have to anchor countries, whether Brazil or Mexico, that have the largest markets. So you can build from one of the other countries for those two markets and then expand regionally. But I think doing something without either Brazil or, or, or Mexico for a VC type of returns, it's very difficult to get. So we don't do that. And what's the biggest role of a VC in a startup? So I think, like I said, being a sounding board, I think is super important. I think, so I, 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 I'll speak for ourselves because I cannot speak for other firms. So we, we, we focus on three areas. I think one area is, like I said, team building. Uh, I keep coming back to this. We're really obsessed about thinking about how to build a team, who to bring on board, when to bring them. Right? It's always the timing for when to bring someone. So we look at that, either finding candidates, interviewing candidates, helping on board those candidates, and all those things, right? The other two things, the other thing, the second thing would be more around partnerships, whether it be commercial or for supply, right? Whether selling or buying. So we'd like, we have helped companies with, with finding those contacts and, and doing those negotiations. And the third thing would be fundraising, right? As you know, fundraising in, in startups, fundraising is a never, never ending thing, right? Unfortunately, you have to go through several rounds. So, and, and founders are in a disadvantage that they only do this every once in a while, right? While VCs are doing this all the time, right? That's it. That's the main thing we do. So I think we have some, some advantages in understanding, structuring, legal terms, firms, philosophies because we also interact with firms a lot more than founders. We see them across different deals. So that, that, that to me is what I, I enjoy most is helping companies think about how they structure their fundraising going forward and, and how what to do along the way. I get it. And my last question is about the pandemic. How is the pandemic is getting affected in Latin America startups and how is the investment thesis of the VCs are changing in the pandemic and what do you see for the next two to three years? So, and this is difficult to say because there's a lot of people having a really bad time because of the pandemic. But I think when it comes to a fund like ours, which does mostly internet-based investments. What has happened in Latin America, I know it's the same thing in Turkey, I'd be curious to know, is what we couldn't have developed in, in breaking digital virus in 20 years, in six months, that has come down tremendously, right? So, so the growth that we didn't see in 20 years, we've seen in six months. So in that sense, not only are we seeing more startups, we're seeing more quality startups, right? Because a lot of those things that people are never going to do this online, it's out the, it's out the, the window, right? People are doing it now. So in that sense, uh, I think it's, it's, it's different. There's obviously some sectors that are not as favored, right? So any sector that required more physical presence, like obviously travel, for example, right? It's having a very hard time, right? But anything anything related to e-commerce, logistics, those things are, are, are have been just growing tremendously, right? So I don't know long-term what's going to happen. I think long-term things are going to, one point, believe it or not, going back to normal, right? Like everything in life, it, it, it goes back to normal. So I don't know what's going to be permanent. What I do think is that probably the base case is going to be higher, right? The base case for digital penetration, the base case for digital usage, and that's going to be just helping companies in the, in the space. I get it. Christopher, these are all my questions. Thank you for coming to Founders of AQ. It's really nice having you in here. Thank you. No, pleasure being here. 
by the way, Founders FAQ is in pre-order and it covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. You can pre-order it from foundersfaq.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.